What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Woman in Hip Hop Podcast. I'm your host, Jazzy Bell. And on this show is where we focus on the many influences and talents from women in hip hop. And today is a special, special episode today. Um, I have such a beautiful woman in the building with me right now. Her name is Nelly. She is the wife from The Dilly Departed, one of my favorite rappers that came out with one of the dopest albums ever called Welcome to JFK. Shout out to the homie Chinks. We got Janelle Pinkins in the building. What's up, Janelle? Pinkins. Doing? <laughs> Hi, honey. How are you? I'm just happy that you're here, man. Like, a lot of people, when they hear this podcast, they assume that everyone I interview got to be like female rappers mm-hmm. or like female publicists, managers, because I have all, I had all of them yeah. on the show. And um, they matter as well. But the women behind the men that yeah. rap, to me, are just... That are behind the scenes. Exactly. <laughs> you ladies play such a major role mm-hmm. in these men's lives. And I feel like it's important to shed light on how you guys are the foundation mm-hmm. for these men. So I'm very happy to have you Thank on the show. You so so much. definitely welcome. You. Now, we're going to get into, of course, your husband, the mm-hmm. Dilly Departed, Chinks. But I want to know more about you, the woman, Nelly. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about where you from. Um, well, I'm from Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I'm originally born in Brooklyn. Okay. Ah, <laughs> see, you never but know. I was during teenage years. I was raised in Queens, far Rockaway. That's how I met Chinks. And then you know we lived out there for a while. And as I got older and had my own kids, I kind of wanted a better environment. So I'm like, you know, better you gotta get them out of here. But I love Queens, though. It oh. ain't nothing like Queens. <laughs> right now, when it comes to um, when did you leave Brooklyn and and you met Chinks and you said Rockaway Queens? When mm. did you leave Brooklyn? At what age? Well, I was I left Brooklyn at like 11. Okay. I met him when I was 15. Okay. So it was a couple years different, you know, apart. But um, when I met him, I was 15. He was 18. Mm-hmm. We met through a mutual friend, actually. Uh, I had a friend who knew him, was dating his brother, and I guess me and her was out somewhere one day, and he seen us and questioned her, like, who was that girl you was with? Like, and at first she came to me like, oh, my friend Lionel want to talk to you, and I'm like, no. Like, Shout out to Lionel, that's the government. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm like, nah, I was like, I'm good. You know, I was a little fast-ass when I was young, so I had a daughter already. So I'm just like, no, I'm taking care of my daughter. I'm going to school. I was a teenager, so I'm just like, nah. And then after a while, I think probably like a couple of weeks went by, and I'm like, whatever happened to that boy? <laughs> after a couple I of got, weeks, you came I to your sister? I'm like, wait, I'm on a board. Where you at? <laughs> I love the honesty and the raw, yeah, rawness so, of it all. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> okay. So, you know, she we got together, we started talking, and I mean, from day one, we were inseparable. Really? Inseparable. I mean, we, the first day we met each other, we talked for like five hours in his house. Wow. And never part, then part after that till three years later when he got incarcerated. That mm. was like the first time we were away from each other. Other than that, it was straight. I mean, I was staying at his house, he was staying at my house, we was practically living together. Cooking and cleaning for him at 15. and At 15? <laughs> oh, I was a straight wife. <laughs> at 15? Yeah, I wish my best friend was here. She'll tell you. Straight wife status. I mean, I cooked, She's cleaned, still your best friend, clothes. the one that hooked y'all up. 
Um, no. Okay. It's my other best friend. Okay. <laughs> no. Shit happens with the ladies. <laughs> we know. <laughs> yeah, shit happens. But <laughs> so, how was it when you finally reconnected? Um, like you said, y'all were inseparable, but. The initial comeback with mm-hmm. you two. How did that go about when he was like, oh, now you want to holler after two exactly. weeks later? Like, oh, what, what was said? But um, I don't remember exactly what was said. I just remember we met up uh, in front of her building. Like, she lived, like, across the street from him or something. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you know, how you doing, whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. He like, oh, now you want to talk to me? I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I ain't want to be bothered a couple of weeks ago. I was just going through it, I guess. I was like, she called me on a bad day. <laughs> so he's like, oh, let's go to my house, let's talk. And I mean, we literally sat on his couch. He over there, I'm over here, and we sat in his house for like five hours. I'm like, I got a daughter at home. I need to get back home. Like, I need to go. My daughter was like one years old at the time. Yeah. I'm like, I got to go. He's like, I'll walk you home. Aww. He walked me home. And then after that, he was just, it was every day. We what was Chink's pickup line? Like the smoothest <laughs> line that um, sold you on Chink's? Ha- I don't even think he had a pickup line. Like his aura was just so confident. Like he's very confident when yeah. you come around him. You know, that's true. It was just like, hey, how you doing? Like it was natural and it was never forced. It was never he was never doing too much. And I think the laid backness and the smoothness is what gets you, cause it's just like effortless, hmm. you know. And I, he was a little older; he was eighteen at the time. He was in the street, so you know he had his big chain on and his throwback jersey, and he's all fresh. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, I'm used to seeing the little dirty boys in high school. I, I'm like, okay, hold up, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, so he was a little more polished. Yeah, exactly. At eighteen, everybody yeah. know the homie was clean. <laughs> he's always. <laughs> Oh, how you known him now to this day? How he was yes. is how he's always been. His image was everything. Always clean. <laughs> now, you guys, first date, where did you guys go? To the movies. We went to the movies, and we went to dinner. What y'all see? Oh, my God. I'm testing. <laughs> what? This is like 15 years ago. <laughs> Let me think. What was that 15 Literally years ago? Literally 15 years ago. That's crazy. I don't crazy. know how it was out 15 years ago. <laughs> 2002. What was out in 2002? This is what? You don't remember the movie? We probably didn't even watch the movie. Oh, I was in the back of the theaters. It was one of them. No, we, I'm a grown woman. Sometimes, we if good. I want to do it now, I, I would do it. That was the thing I loved about him the most was that, you know, he he was always a gentleman when he Aww. met you. Like it was never. It was never no thirst on his part. Like it wasn't Aww. like, oh, I'm taking you out. Well, you know what come next? Like it was so mm. smooth. Like. Let's chill, let's relax, let's just talk. And it was just, I think that's what our relationship just built off of was the fact that we can talk. Because I'm a talker, so you got to be able to listen and respond back. So <laughs> the fact that you can talk to somebody for hours and engage in conversations and they actually communicate back with you yeah. and listen to what you're saying, yeah. it's like, it's gravitating because everybody can't do that. Yeah. You know, And especially when you're that young, it's just like, Oh, he don't want to play. He don't want to. He ain't trying to get up on me. He's just listening. Like, okay. At 15, that's when they just try to <laughs> hop on you quick. They not even trying to wine and dine you. So uh-uh. he was a class yeah. act. I mean, we used to go out like three, four times a week to dinner, the movies. It was always, let's go here. Let's go there. Let's go here. Studio, you coming with me? Yes, uh-huh. I am. We right on that train. Wow. <laughs> right on that train. So four, five, six in the morning. I'm coming back home. Gotta go to school. I'm still in high school, so I'm going to school. It was crazy. Humble beginnings. Now how soon after that did you guys 
either get serious or we could fast forward to when you guys mm-hmm. got married. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, we were serious off the gate. So we got married when he got incarcerated. Um, he was incarcerated in 2005. And how old was he at this time? At this time, he was about 21. Wow. And you, know, and you so, met him when he was 18. Yeah, and it's so funny so because... three years later. Yeah, exactly. And I was pregnant with my daughter. The daughter that me and him share. Wow. Yeah, and um, it was so crazy because when I met him, like I said, there was... He was honest, and he was like, you know, I did something when I was 17. It might catch up to me. Wow. Like, I'm, I'm a little... You know, I move spooky because I, I just don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I was just like, well, shit, stay here. Nobody don't know you mess with me. Nobody don't know where I live. Like, they don't even know about me. This was in Long Island, deep in Long Island. So I'm like, stay here. Nobody don't know oh, about Oh, you were in Long place. Island? No, I was in Queens. Right. What he did was in Long Island. Got you. Got so you. I'm like, just stay here. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nobody knows you live here. They not going to come looking for you here. Right. <laughs> you stay at your own house. They going to knock that door down. Stay right here. Exactly. So it was so crazy because three years went by. It was quiet, you know, um... I got pregnant. We decided to go along with the pregnancy and have our daughter. And Beautiful. While I was pregnant, police come banging my door down at 5.30 in the morning. Sure enough, they found him there. And it was a journey because I was like, at the time, I think I was just hitting 18 when it first started. I mean, he went to court for probably like a year before they actually kept him. But um, And it was, a, it was hard. You know, I was... A mother already. I was pregnant, and here go police knocking down my door. And it's so crazy because they show me a picture of him, and they're like, "Where is he at?" And I'm like, "I don't know him." I'm like, "He ain't here. I don't know that person." They like, "You sure?" And I'm like, "I don't know that person that you're looking for. Like, he's not here. Y'all got to go." And when I say it was the squad that came, they came deep. And anybody that's from the hood, if you're listening, you know how that goes down. Yes. And they walked into my house illegally because Mm -hmm. it was all minors there. My mom was at work already at this point. And it's so crazy. I'll never forget. They came from my back room and they're like, "You don't? You sure you don't know him?" And I'm like, "No." They was like, "Well, one." You guys name tattooed on your arm, so we Damn. find that hard to believe. They was like Nelly two, early <laughs> out the gate. They was like two. I love it. They showed me his ID. It was on a dresser, his driver's license. They're like, "How is this in here?" I'm like, "The fairy godmother." Brought so they're it. like, "Either we get him, or you're going down as an accomplice." I'm like, "I'm 17 years old. I'm pregnant. I'm like." This can't be life. Like, what is going Sound on? Sounded like Beanie Siegel. But you know, he can't handled it. He handled it like a grown man. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, listen, I'm just going to have to do what I got to do. Yeah. You know? And we went through the whole um, court cases and everything. And For a year. It was, it was, yeah. And it was hard, you know? It was hard. Being pregnant, at this point, you say you were what? Pregnant. At what? How far, far along? Um... I would say I was about probably like seven months. Oh, no. Yeah. I was like going back and forth to court, everything. It was crazy. Doctor's appointments. When he got, when he found, when they finally kept him, it was so crazy because I didn't get to make it to that court appearance. And he went without me. And then I get the phone call like they kept him. And I'm like, The day you couldn't make it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was at every court date, and this is the day that I can go. Because he just literally thought they was going to let him go. Because every other court date, they were just like, go home, readjourned. And on the day that I didn't go, and he's thinking, I'll be right back, they keep him. I'm just like. And how long did they keep him for? 
Oh, he was in jail for three and a half years. He had four years. So, <laughs> three and a half years in jail. Mm-hmm. They sentenced him to four. Yeah. He's three By this nine. time, like you said, you're seven months pregnant. So, what happens when it's time for your daughter, you guys, mm-hmm. daughter that y'all have together is born, and the marriage? Did you guys get yeah, married well, he, while he was in prison? Yeah. He was okay. there to watch his daughter be born. He was home. He got locked up when she turned one years old. So I was about to give birth when the whole thing started. So by the time he went to jail and actually had to do his bed, she was already one. Got it. So, you know, they had already established a relationship. She, you know, And for me, there was no question that I was going to bring her up there to visit him. So I definitely kept that relationship between them two. I was up there every week. Every, every week. week? For three and a half years? For two and a half. Okay. I had to leave his ass the last year because he's acting up. <laughs> you know when you know when they no longer around to cover up, they track them skeletons are sleeping out the closet. So, you Ooh. know, I started finding out some things, and I'm just like, no. But we was already married. When we did got, the marriage we, happen? We got married a year into his bed. Okay. So, August of 2006. Okay. And it took me a year to say yes because he asked me as soon as he got, and then he knew he was gone for good. And he was just like, you know... He asked my dad on the phone, like, oh. I want to marry her. And, you know, I was excited. But, like I said, things started to come out. And it was just like, he kept asking. I'm just like, like, you marriage mean like to other me women. is a huge Like other yes, women. Exactly. Like, okay, got it. So, for me, marriage is a huge commitment. Like, I've always wanted that fairy tale wedding, daddy down the aisle, you know, your kids involved. So, it was just like. Most girls oh, do. Exactly. So, it's like, are we doing it for the right reasons? Or are you just doing it because you want to make sure I'm going to be here for you? Yeah. You know? And after a while, like I said, it took almost a, like a whole year. And finally, I was just like, okay. So we went through with the process, did all the paperwork. I did mean, you do it over the phone? Did you have to go no, in person? you got to go in person. And okay. it's crazy because you got to do it during Shout the Shout out to Pat Poose and Remy. I was yes. at their wedding. And <laughs> oh, they did it beautiful. over the phone. Well, I, I did. Oh, I, I went to the it. one where that was recorded on television, <laughs> obviously. But they talked about it because the same uh, pastor that yeah. officiated their wedding did it, he said, over the phone. Um, so I'm I'm curious to know. Like, oh no, I went up there and did it. Um, we ha- you know it's a whole paperwork process that you got to go through, and then you can't do it on the weekends because that's the visits. So you have to find. I'm I didn't have a car. I'm what like now 20 years old, going on 21. Yeah, I gotta find a ride to get up there, paying for this paperwork to be done, yeah. and it got done. You know, shout out to his best friend at the time, uh, Mike Doc. He was the best man, and um. He made sure it got done. Like, he took me up there, he paid for everything, was like, you're going to get this done, and we're going to get it done now. I mean, even to the point where I wore a white pantsuit. He was like, that is not a wedding dress. I'm like, what? Where the wedding dress in there? <laughs> He's like, yes, you are. I mean, he took me to the wedding store and everything, bought me a dress, the shoes, the whole nine. I was like, you're going to do this, and you're going to do it right. So, yeah. Shout out to Mistake Correctional Facility because <laughs> uh, we definitely had the whole best man. He had to bring somebody down as a witness. I had the dr- long dress with the train and shit. They was looking at me like. So you ended up doing the dress because he didn't want yeah. the pantsuit. Yeah, we went. And so it's because of him. You did that. We bought a dress. Yeah. He said, "I don't care if I'm locked up. I want the real deal. I want to <laughs> try to make it as close as it should be as mm-hmm. possible." It was nice. So when y'all got married, it was, what it was worth <laughs> it being in there. I mean, when did he get out after that? He got out in October of two thousand and eight. So that was 
three years after. Two, two years later. Two, yeah. Two, yeah, two years later after we got married. Now, when you met him, was he an aspiring rapper mm-hmm. at the time? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you were skeptical, like, dating a rapper and all that stuff. I don't know, because, you know, I had never really dated anybody that was in entertainment mm-hmm. or trying to be or in that limelight at all. So, to me, it was just like, okay, if that's what you do and you good at it, I support it, mm-hmm. you know? And when I first heard him in the studio and I got to hear his records, from day one, I always believed in him because he was a beast. Like, yes. what you hear now is nothing compared to when that man had to sit there and write those raps. I mean, I have about six books in my house of pure raps, front to back pages Quit full. playing, man. Somebody could be listening, ready to buy yeah. that shit, yo. I said, he got a son, I don't know. He might want to follow in his footsteps. I got to let him do what he want to do with it. But it's just like, you know. Yeah. I yeah. mean, when he used to sit down to make music and have to think, and before it was just like, I'm going to just say whatever kind of mind. And he was actually putting his all into it. I mean, he was a beast. And I used to sit there and I used to listen to him like, oh my God, like, how can I not support this? Like, yeah, you definitely got so it. So you knew he was amazing yeah. out, the del- out, of, out the gate. Because I would yeah. say this if I dated <laughs> a guy, I don't care if you whack or you popping. <laughs> But if I'm fucking with you, yeah, I'm gonna rock you. with you. Exactly. If that's I'm your dream, with you. I support it. But hey, <laughs> let's keep it real. Some of these niggas is trash box. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you knew though the difference yeah. between that yes, and Chinks. You knew he was high. Yeah. I mean, there was other rappers <laughs> in the neighborhood who was just like, oh, you know that you hear on the radio, and it's just like, nah, he got it. Yeah. So when you know when he linked up with Stack Bundles and mm-hmm. Vino and they. Form they little group and I was just like, Riot Squad. Yes, I'm like okay, <laughs> they got it. Like they gonna go somewhere. So I was all I was all for it. So you 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 were in the process of the Riot Squad being mm-hmm. formed. So you were prior to the Riot mm-hmm. Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that happen? I knew Stax and Vino before I knew him. How? I was going to school with Vino. Shout so, out to Bino. And Stack Bundles, I used to hang out in restaurant with my friends, and we all went to the same parties together, hang, sat in the same bench together outside. So, you know, it was so funny because when he formed with them, he's like, you know these dudes? And I'm like, yes, who don't know, who, who don't know Raekwon and Bino? Like, everybody right. knew them. So it was just like, yeah, I know them. I'm like, God, it's going to work. Like, dude, dude. Like, Why was he good, asking like that? It. You know how niggas are. They're real territorial yeah, when exactly. it comes to their ladies. Like, hold on, let me That's make his sure. way of saying, did you smash? <laughs> yeah, let me make right? sure you ain't got no dealings with them. <laughs> let me. Make, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't play them games. Like, we all just from the same. Listen, yeah. Like, circle. If you shake hands with somebody, they off limits to me. I don't play that. I don't want nobody you shook hands with, had talks with, Facts. had dinner with. Pop bottles with. I like her. I don't want none of that. You ain't gonna be running around talking about me. Y'all ain't gonna yeah. be having a conversation about. <laughs> ain't gonna be no comparing facts over here. Shit. Alternative facts. <laughs> <laughs> I need somebody that don't know you from a hole in the wall. <laughs> so that's. I, I'm glad you said that. So you was around before the Wire yeah. Squad. That's crazy. Y'all I watched that whole thing for him. And it was so funny because when he was in jail, you know, that's when Raekwon passed away. Sack bundles. So. He actually didn't want to do it anymore. He was just like, he didn't have to drive for it no more. He was so hurt by not being able to be there when everything had happened that to him it was just like, nah, I'm good. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, first of all, the hood is expecting you to take the torch when you come home. That's one. Because Stax was representing mm-hmm. for you yes. while you were away. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, this is what they want. Like, yeah. they're, they're waiting to see what you're going to do when you come home. That's yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Two, you got it. 
There's no way you're going to throw that away after working so hard for this. Like, are you kidding me? I've been watching you for years go hard days in and days out. Like, that was something he always did. Was He was always dedicated. You going to do what you got to do. And then he used to tell me when he came home, he's like, you know, I give it a year. If I ain't where I want to be in a year, I, I ain't doing that shit no more. I'm mm. not doing nothing. Mm. And it was just his blessings that as, as soon as he came home, he got right back to it. And... That's who did he link up with? Max B. Got it. That's when he started hanging out with Max B, who introduced him to French, and they were inseparable after that. So from the first year that he came home, he was on a roll. So when he seen that progress, he like, okay. I'm, I'm on to something. Like, we, <laughs> this, this might be something, you know, because mm-hmm. him and, at that time, him and French was, they were both hungry. Yeah. You know, they were both in the locking in the studio waiting for their time. So I, I watched that whole transition and I mean it was it's bittersweet yeah. it's bittersweet because you know you do support them as being a woman in their life but especially when you have kids it's so hard because you have to be willing to let them be free there, there's no you gotta be here helping me take care of these kids but you think he gonna be out there working and grinding for what he want it's different for us we do nine to fives Go to work, come home, pick up our kids. They don't know when they got to leave. They in the studio all night, might get a call, they got to go back out, might get a call, they got to leave and pack their bags and go here, go here. And you got to be ready to handle it all by yourself. So it was times where I thought I had him there to help me with the kids, and then he's gone. And it's just like, I got to find babysitters, I got to do this, I got to run around, I got to pick my son. It's crazy. You get left with everything when you're back by yourself. And it's just like, what the hell? So it's like, I'd be damned if you tell me that I didn't help you get to where you was at. Because my me allowing you to be free and not hounding you, bugging you, nagging you to be here. Do this for your kids. Do that. You got to go here with them. You got to do this. Doctor appointments, schools. Mm. That gives you the freedom to come and go as you please to be able to get to where you need to get to. Because had I been one of those wives or baby mamas or something that was just like, no, I need you here. You got to work. We need to pay these bills. It would have stunt your growth. For the first couple of years, you know, his thing was never to go back to selling drugs. So it was just like, nah, I can't do the street shit. So his money was, you know, it was on a short end stick. So it was like we were just getting by. But it was like I never pressed it like, oh, we fucked up. I need this. I need that. We just found a way. You understand? So it's like me just not hounding him and... Being on his back and being a nag, it, it was it gave him the freedom and the spit, the peace of mind to know that he can go and come as he please and do what he got to do. And home was still going to be taken care of. Mm. He knew these kids was good. This house was good. The bills was going to be paid somehow, some way. Right. And we was because of you, it. ultimately, because you of know? you. So That's that foundation I'm talking about. <laughs> now, in this process of him getting his feet off the ground, mm-hmm. being with Max, being with French, can you say that he was appreciative of what you contributed? Everything that you just spoke about. Mm-hmm. Was there a time where you guys clashed during this process? Because you know how oh, men are. You know, of I'm course. struggling. I'm a struggling rapper at this point. Of and it's course. like. It was always a clash, you know? Cause it, was? it was? always Yeah, it was always a clash. Um, You know, we, we, we had our relationship for so long was, it was long. So. <laughs> when you go from kids to then him going to John and come home and we're adults now. Yeah. 
it's hard to transition into that because the little girl that he knew when he left is no longer you. Yeah. You know, now you're a grown-ass woman. Like, yeah. he came home, he left you to living in your mother house, came home to you having your own. So sometimes there was a slight, like, you know, that that I would say insecurity. Like, you're not, he felt as if I thought, he was beneath me or something sometimes because it was like he was the breadwinner his money wasn't yeah. he wasn't what he was he wanted to be financially that hurts a man you know exactly to not take care and of his family financially know, exactly but and the fact that you even doing it exactly what a lot of men I hope y'all listening <laughs> the fact that she's doing it rather we're talking about Nelly rather we're talking about any woman that y'all might yeah. be dealing with when you guys are struggling and we understand that your masculinity is being at question, at least mm-hmm. that's how you guys may feel. The fact that the woman is doing it, just yes. commend her. Yeah, she's not leaving you out to mm-hmm. to dry. She's not leaving yeah. you for dead. I see it. A she's lot. there. She's in the moment. She's in the present. Like in the yeah. moment. Yeah, you know what I think. It so is? I think I think that's what needs to yeah. be celebrated more yeah. from women. In any yeah. type of you know aspect, hip hop in life, you ain't gotta be mm-hmm. in hip hop. But I know so many women out there are like holding their man down and they got they get dealt with this type of mm-hmm. backlash. Yeah. But it but but the fact that you understand, mm-hmm. like I understand a man feeling insecure about mm-hmm. that. I really do. Yeah. Of course. I really do. Of course. But you still the, held yeah, it down. As the man so that's you wanna be the breadwinner. As the man you wanna be the one who takes yeah. care of your family, who knows that if your family is in need of anything, you got it with no question asked. So to even think that you might have to be like, I ain't got it or not right now, yeah. that hurts your pride. It does. You know? It's like I mean, as a woman with kids, you don't want to tell your kids that. So I can imagine a man not wanting to tell his wife and his kids, mm-hmm. we can't do that right now. I don't got it right now. You understand? So I can, I, I always totally the, understood. The urban community is even harder. <clears throat> but, you know, it was always a constant back and forth. And it was just like, all right, you know what? I'm going to leave you alone. There was no winning, no arguments for him. So it's just like, you know, go, go do what you want to do. I don't care. I'll figure it out. We're we going to make this work. Like, Real quick for me, because I'm into <laughs> astrology. What's your sign? Gemini. And what's his sign? A damn Sagittarius. Okay, right. He was born in December. I think I saw that. Yeah. Right, so you're a Gemini. Woo. I don't <laughs> know too many Gemini women. But I know a lot of men. Yeah. That's a whole other story. But <laughs> talk to me about your most memorable moments when it comes to Chinks being a father and a rapper. Two separate answers. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm sure um, it's two separate yeah. answers you would give. You know, I believe um, his whole purpose was for his kids. You know, everything he did and he made sure to remind you, this is for y'all. Like, mm-hmm. everything I do, I can't sleep. I got to be outside all day. I got to do... There was times when he hated the industry. He hated music. And it was just like, no matter how much I hate it, I got to do it. Because this is what's going to feed my family. This is what's going to take us out of here. Yeah. You know, his whole thing was never to be regular. He wanted to give his kids more than he could have ever imagined. So it was like, I got to grind. I got to do what I got to do. Whether it, it causes me to be away from home or not, you know. But um, when he did have the chance to be with his kids, you know, he, he did what he had to do. You know, he he was a father that he liked to sit back and watch TV with them, you know, do movies, do dinners. His whole thing was dinners, going to amusement parks, you know, just just trying his hardest to get in whatever time he could get in with them. Um, His son was his 
life. Like, when he knew he was having a son, that's all he cared about. And it was so funny because when he came home, he's like, I want a son. And I'm just like, well, I can't tell you you're going to have a son. It was so funny because when I tell you that I researched on how to conceive a boy, <laughs> I was on Google like crazy. Like, how to have a boy. Because you wanted his wish to come I'm like, true. Because I didn't want a third girl. I'm like, I can't yeah. have three girls. I was raised in a family of three girls. Ain't no way in how I'm having three girls. We oh, fought like cats and dogs. I ain't going through that. No brothers. No. You I don't have, have two, I have two older brothers. Well, three. Two for my mom, one for my dad. But they live with their father. So but I never grew had to grow up, up with them. I mm. grew up with my sisters. Mm. So it was caddy. And we two years apart. So it was a lot of competition. Like, Why you, you know, wear my shirt? Give yeah, me that exactly. back. Oh, my daughters go through it. <laughs> <laughs> my daughters go through it all day. I love you got it. my stuff for you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell them all the time, it's my stuff. I bought it, so right. it's my stuff. Now I, share. I'll say who wear it today. <laughs> but, you know. So he was happy. So he request it mm-hmm. and you research yes. your best yes i did and thank god i held on for like four months praying it was a boy and i mean when they told wait me do you was, have the secret though i mean y'all didn't do no in vitro because you know now if you got the coins oh, hell no. you could make you, a baby nah that's how you end up with twins and triplets and i ain't exactly. got no time listen here god. i need one baby at god. a time <laughs> And by the time I have another one, my baby got to be in school. I can't do the two baby thing. Praise the woman who can. I can't do it. Now my babies this... are way far. They spaced out. <laughs> now, at this point, when he came home and told you that he wanted a son, where was he at in his career and where were you at in your life and your child's mm-hmm. life? Um, He was still getting started. Okay. Yeah, he was still running with um French at this time. It was st- still in the beginning. It was like their coke boy days when they were putting out their mixtapes. So he was still, like, fairly in the beginning. Because my son now <clears throat> is six years old. Um, so I'm going to say my son was born. He was home for two years when my son was born. Wow. So this was fairly new in the beginning. Right. You know. Um, and we had a son. And I think that just, like, really brought his focus point to a whole nother level. Because that's all he ever wanted was the son. So, like, when he got that, he was just like, I got to show him better. He has to be better than me, you know? Mm. And it was, his son was like his twin. Like, that was like his little mini-me. So everything was, he walked like him, talked like him, did everything he did. <laughs> and it was it was a blessing to watch them two interact because I saw how I softened him up. Yeah. Like, when he was around, he was a whole different person when he was around his son. And anybody that knew him knew his son was a highlight of his life. Like, he talked about his son more than he talked about any of us. Like, <laughs> That's most fathers were. Yes, yes. It was just like, we didn't exist anymore. Like, me, it was just me and my girls, and it was him and his son. Everything was him and his son. But, <clears throat> you know, so when un- when we had to unfortunately lose him, it was it was tough for my son. It was for yeah. your son in particular yeah. more so. Cause because how old was four. he when he he was how he was old was four. he he was four? Mm-hmm. How old is he? So he's now six. he's okay. Cause that happened two years ago, yeah, twenty fifteen. He's, yeah. he's gonna be seven, so he was four, you know. And to not understand life and understand what that means, at four. you know. But he hears everybody talking about it, so he know his daddy died. He know his daddy was, you know, how he died. He knows, so it's like. To not know how to explain that to him and what it means is just like, for him, it's just like, okay, maybe this is how life is supposed to go, you know? Yeah. Like, Which is 
very sad and unfortunate to have to explain to a four-year-old mm -hmm. life and death. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine sister, what how. you had to go through. I didn't know how. I just, to prepare yeah. for that. You know, because at, at that point when Chinks passed away, he was at the brink, mm -hmm. on the cliff of his career just taking off. Let me tell you. My son used to go to school, and he was, he's been in daycare since he was two months old. So he'll go to school, and he had to be like two years old at the time. And he'll tell, you know, his daycare providers and everything. He'll be like, in his own little baby talk, he would tell them that his father was Chink's drugs. And they didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He and was saying the time, drugs with it? Because I remember exactly, one time he took exa off his yes, neck. Exactly. Is that why? So his, no, that's not why. Oh, because he took the drugs <laughs> off. <laughs> but he, I go to pick him up one day, and his teacher goes, can I can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, what? She was like, I don't know what my is trying to tell me, but please be careful with what he says around other people, because if it's not me, it can get you in trouble. And I'm like, what happened? She's like, you know, she was he was saying something about his daddy and drugs. I don't know if his daddy sells drugs or what. I'm like, mess. I'm like, he was telling his daddy name is Chinks Drugs. She was like, wait, he's the one with the video? Um, That's when I'm a coke boy. When, um, yeah, that's when that came out. He's like, she's like, wait. We're going to play that record, too, right after she's this. She's like, that's the video that comes on the TV? Oh, my God. That's why he dances on that video. Come on. I'm think, first, I'm thinking, why are they watching wait. videos? <laughs> that's one. But two, she's like, oh, my God, I knew he looked like him. Because, you know, we lived three doors down from her. Oh. So she always saw her, saw him, and he picked him up from school, so she knew what he looked like. Okay. So she's like, oh, shit, I didn't even realize that. I didn't put two and two. She was like, that's what he was saying. She's like, girl, I thought she, he was telling me his daddy so drunk. <laughs> 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 I was like, no, God. And it's so funny because everywhere he goes, he tells them, my daddy's changed drugs. My daddy's famous, so oh. I'm famous. My <laughs> He know. He know he's lit. He got his own little fan base. When I tell you, women see him, and they're like, He's adorable. They're like, that's Nugget? Oh, my God, I follow you on Instagram. I love him. And I'm just like, <laughs> boy, you need your own show or something. You want me the money maker. <laughs> <laughs> Take it they, off what? where his daddy left off. Like, they, I'm like, he's a doll, though. And he's so smart. And he's he has this character that just makes you feel like he's been here before. And yeah. it's so funny because... Even when he was a baby, I mean, everybody will tell you, like, that little boy been here before. We always used to say, that Stacks lived through him all over again, I'm telling you. Cause, Stacks? Yeah, Stack Bundles. Because yeah. I'm like, he the way he just answers you and talks to you is as if he's a grown-ass man. And he's been doing it since he was little. And you, he puts these senses together. And you're like, how do you even know how to incorporate that word in a sentence? Like, how do you even know what that means? And he's just like, I do. Like... He doesn't see anything wrong. He's just like, I'm smart. Like, he tells me all the time, he'd be like, I'm different. Like, he, he knows. knows he's different. <laughs> he got his uncle and his daddy working yeah. through. He got stacks and he got jeans working, <laughs> working through him. Um, when it comes to, like you said, when you broke the story to your children after Chink's untimely death, which hurt everybody. But I feel like when people mourn these celebrities' death, they only think about themselves as fans. They don't think about the family. They don't think about the people that were close to them, mm -hmm. how it really affects them. I mean, mm -hmm. we say condolences to the loved ones, mm -hmm. 
But I feel like we're selfish in that thought process when we say condolences to ourselves because we only know what we see on TV. We only know what we hear on the radio. Mm -hmm. We only know what we were able to experience through their celebrity. But as a family member, as a loved one, I can only imagine Mm -hmm. the difference between the two. You know what I mean? And I'm sure there is. So for you, if you can, if it's okay, if you can Mm -hmm. shed light just on... When you, where were you when you found out? Where were you? You know, it's so funny because um, prior to, a couple of weeks prior to his passing, we were going through it. You know, we had a real long, rough patch in our relationship where there was a lot of infidelity. There was, you know, a lot of things were starting to come out and it was tearing us apart. Um, unfortunately, you know, at this time, I have found out that. There was a baby outside the marriage on the way. Right. And um, I was on the verge of calling it quits, you know, because I'm just like, that was the one thing I asked you to never, ever make sure it happens. You know, that's that was a deal breaker for me. Um, and he was just not with it. Like, I'm not having it. And it's so funny because he was actually in L.A. with French, and he had business out there to handle, and he left. He was like, I'm booking a plane ASAP, like, we're not doing this. Like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to make it work. This is my family. Like, I'm, I know I've been fucked up, put you through a lot of shit, but we're going to figure it out. He came, and we were inseparable for days. I mean, his whole MO was, you know, everything I didn't do with you before, I'm going to start doing. So we're going to start the traveling. We're going to start doing the vacations. I'm going to start bringing you around, having you on the scene. I just want you to be involved. And... For weeks, like, we were just day in and day out with each other. We were everywhere together. Dinners, lounges, bars, the club. We were doing everything. And at this point is when you found out about the other woman yeah. that he got pregnant. Okay. So he was trying, you know. Um, we had booked a family vacation and everything. We were supposed to leave, like, three weeks after he, you know, everything happened. We were going to Mexico. And the night that he went out, we were home all day because we spent the weekend out, that weekend out. Um, so Sundays usually was family day for us. You could work six days out of the week, Sundays dedicated to the kids. We go to amusement parks, dinner, whatever. So we stayed home. I made dinner. They He watched movie with the kids. And he did not want to go to this place at all, this club that night. And, you know, he procrastinated going out all night. So about 1.30 when And when that was a was, Sunday night. Yes. So about 1.30, he left the house. Um, he always tried to get to the club by 2. Do what he had to do and leave. So he's like, I remember falling asleep, and he taps me, and he's like, do you want to go? And I'm not used to that because I never went to the club with him while he performed. He never allowed me into that life of his with the industry. So it was just like, what? I'm like, no, you're good. You go. Girls is different. They, a nigga can get up and throw on anything and be out the door. It's going to take me an hour to get ready. Yes. I got. I don't know. I got to figure out what I'm going to I got to do my makeup, <laughs> my hair. I'm like, it's already 1.30. You got to yeah. be there by 2. Just go. Yeah. So he's like, all right. I promise I'm not staying out. I'm coming right back. I don't even want to go, but I'm going to do this because <clears throat> I believe the DJ that night, you know, he was a good friend of his. So he was like, he asked me to do this favor for him. I'm going to go. I'm like, okay, great. So I wake up. I swear. What club was it? Because I forgot. To, to be honest with you, I don't even remember. Okay. It was like a little yeah, I, right. little shit in Brooklyn. Right, right, right. So I wake up about 5 in the morning, and I look at the clock, and I'm like, 
the club let out at four. His ass drive a damn push. He be home in 10 minutes. I know how he drive. Why the hell this thing still ain't home? And I'm like, immediately I'm thinking, see, this is what we're not going to do. We're not going to start playing these games with the not coming home and the Because y'all just now trying exactly. to rectify so and like was, rekindle. I was on the phone immediately calling him. He don't answer. I don't FaceTime your ass. You going to answer this phone. And after three calls, he doesn't answer. And, I mean, immediately, two minutes later, I get a call. And it's from his manager. And he's like, you know, when's the last time you spoke to Chinks? Mind you, I'm thinking they're together because Chinks was supposed to meet up with him that night. For some reason, he never made it there. So I'm like, aren't you with him? Like, no. I'm like, I'm just calling him, but he's not answering his phone. I'm like, wow, what's up? He like, I just got a call from a detective. Chinks been shot. At what time was this? This is like, now it's probably about 5.30. Cause I got up at five, so it's about 5.30 in the morning. Okay. So I'm like, I'm half sleep still. I'm like, please, I'm like, I don't got no time for these games. Like, don't even play with me right now. He's like, listen, Nelly, I wish I was playing with you. He was like, I'm so serious. Cause you probably still heated yeah. at this point. You thinking he's And it's so shit. crazy because they got his number off of social media. Because you know, he always had his booking information. So that's how they got in touch with the manager because his phone was locked so they couldn't call anybody they didn't right. know who to reach out to right so they go on his social media after they find out his stage name and they call his manager and his manager calls me and he's like he's been and i'm like wait 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 so i called the detective and i'm like hello i'm like what is going on they're like wow you know there was a shooting on queens boulevard with two men in a porsche and we believe one name is Lionel Pickens. We was giving you, we was told you were the person to contact. We need somebody to come down to Jamaica Hospital. And immediately I'm like, Jamaica Hospital? That's 10 minutes from where we live. I'm like, wait, 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 what? I'm like, hold on, what's going on? He's like, listen, we'll explain it to you when you get here. He's like, do you drive? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, come with somebody. Immediately my heart sank because if you're telling me to come with somebody, that means you're about to deliver me bad news. So, I mean, I literally get to the house, to the hospital. I call my sister. I'm like, come down ASAP. Mm-hmm. I was hysterical, going crazy in the house. Like, the police called. They say somebody shot him. That was my worst nightmare. Every, anybody who knew me knew that. When 4 or 5 o'clock came, I was calling on that man phone every time I knew he was in the club. For that, that was reason. always my biggest fear because that's how Stack Bundles got killed. So my biggest fear was these grainy ass niggas out here. When you leave in these spots, I don't want you to be followed home. I don't want you to get into some shit. And I don't know because I'm home. You understand? And that's just like I was always calling down his phone. Like I'm just calling to make sure you are right. Yeah. Are you good? Oh, you ain't raised the studio. I took you later. Yeah. I don't have to ask any more questions. Just as long as I know you're good, ain't answering that phone. I used to get so paranoid when he wouldn't answer for hours. Like. Just praying, like, please don't nobody deliver me no bad news. So when I get this call, it was just like my worst nightmare has come true. And I couldn't believe it. I picked my sister up. She lives like two minutes from me. I got down to to the hospital in about five minutes. I mean, I blew every red light, every stop sign. I was there. I just threw my car in park, and I ran inside. And in the room, there was the two detectives. The manager had got there. And I got in there. And as soon as I got in there, I'm like, what happened? And they're, you know, they're trying to explain the story. I'm like, I don't care about none of that. Where right. is he? 
where's my husband? And they're like, Miss, you got to calm down. They're like, you know, I'm like, where, what's going on? Where's my husband? Yeah, and they're just like, listen, we do what we have to do. He ain't make it. And I swear you, you can never imagine to be prepared for that type of information because it does not register to you. You, like, you, you would imagine yourself to fall out and start crying. I just, I was just so froze. Like, it wasn't sitting with me. I'm just like, what? What are you saying to me right now? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, he was, um, I believe it was, he was shot. There was a round of 15 bullets, but five of them is what caused the internal damage. Like, in his torso. He had five bullets in his torso. So they couldn't help him at all. And I'm just like, I need to see him. I don't care what y'all talking about. I need to see him. And they're like, you can't. We have to wait for the Emmy to get here. The coroners have to come first. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, when I told you I was there for three hours before they allowed me to see him, it was the worst feeling in the world. You had to wait three hours before you saw your husband? And to sit up there and everybody's... I mean, And after you told that he's no longer here. Exactly. In the physical form. What else am I Three hours. Like, you know, and everybody's coming up there and I have to keep explaining the story over and over and it's just like... And then what what, what was the worst part of it all, what hurt the most, is that when I left out, it was five o'clock and when my kids were asleep, I left them in the house. By themselves? I didn't even get, I had to leave them by themselves, you know. And my oldest daughter, she was 14 at the time. That's cool. So, you know, I just left. They didn't even know I left. And I didn't even have the chance to break the news to them because it was already on social media and on the news before I got to go home and talk to them. It was. Because I will say, I think I found out by Their phone is ringing down by 9 in the morning, and they're like, why are Mommy, people telling are me that my dad and to have to hear those cries and that scream? Okay, but please continue. Which it seemed like you about to say you had to tell your children this over the phone. Yeah. So okay, like I had to basically just. <clears throat> confirm it for them over the phone, like. So they, I, so, so I assume it's your daughter at this point. Yeah. That's fourteen. That's old enough yes. to just kind of comprehend. Yeah, it's it's crazy because they couldn't get through to me on my phone, so they were calling like my mom and my sisters and everybody. And my mother is like, "I'm on my way to your house because your daughters are hysterical." Like, uh, sorry, no. And it's just, no. it's hard because. You're not there to comfort them. Yeah. And it's just like, that. for them to hear it through anybody else but me, it's just like, that was the worst feeling in the world because I'm not there to hold them. I'm not there to console them. What, what do I even go home and tell them? And that was before I even knew that they knew. In the hospital, I'm like, that's all I kept saying over and over as I'm stuck in the zone is, what do I tell my kids? What do, They're waiting for him. They When they fell asleep, he was there. So they're thinking when they wake up, he'll be there. Yeah. So it's like, what do you now go home and tell your kids? How do you tell them that he's not coming back? How do you tell them that their father is murdered? It's not like it was a sickness or something that we could have anticipated. He was gunned down, murdered. It's on every ch- 
news station. It's all over the radio. It's all over social media. Their phones are ringing down from their friends and their family members. It was just like, like that whole situation was like a pure movie. Like I could never imagine to be prepared for that. To go home, and when I tell you, I went home and I had every news reporter around my house. They're hopping out from behind trees that's and crazy. vans, and they're waiting and they're running down on your kids. And it, it was that's why after like two days, I finally said something. They they were ringing my bell down at seven o'clock in the morning, and my family was just like, "Y'all don't get it." Like, she allow us to mourn. Yeah, this is like, and this is why I love that you saying this because. The media, and I'm part of the media, <laughs> have some compassion. Mm-hmm. Please, I understand that you guys want to bring out the story first. You guys want to be able to report it as it's happening in real time. Mm-hmm. I get it. But have some type of fucking humanity and compassion within yourself and say, let the family mourn mm-hmm. first. Fuck the- your headlines. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. Fuck yeah. your headlines. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck that. Allow her family to know first before you decide to mm-hmm. put it in black and white for the world mm-hmm. to see. And I understand, like I said, I'm in this world. But I couldn't imagine if I've known you prior to chinks being shot down calling you to get a quote mm-hmm. are you kidding me mm-hmm. yeah. i would never put a family through that it's <laughs> it's all about having morals mm-hmm. and it's all about having common sense but i learned from being in this industry and just being in life people don't have common sense <laughs> all sense ain't common no it's, I mean, it's not. So I, I'm glad that you kind of like saying this because I, I need the media to be responsible for their actions. So when you got a motherfucking like Kanye ready to choke you the fuck up, understand where that shit coming from, <laughs> yes. my nigga. Like yes. the frustration, it was built up. Yes, the animosity was built time. up. Like mm-hmm. I understand. I empathize with a nigga like yeah. him when it comes to that aspect because that y'all wilding. Like, get your cameras out my face. Get all that out my face. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. get it out. Especially at this crucial point where you're trying to get to your children and, and come to their aid. Because mm-hmm. it matters to you guys first, not yep. the media. Yep. And and, and that, you're exactly right. You're 100% right. And they don't understand that. You know, for them, it's just like, who can crack the story first? You know? It's crazy. But, um... That's why I found Nigga, get a side gig, bum ass <laughs> niggas. Like, it pisses me off because I'm listening to you and I'm seeing, like, mm-hmm. it's just, it still affects you. Yeah. Talking that, about it a few years later, two years later. Get over it. I mean, it's, that's a pain that will never go away because the reality is that, you know, like I said, we've, I've said this many times, we all have been affected by it in some form or way because we, especially anybody who's come into contact with him, you know how much of a pleasant person he was. Yeah. So everybody who ever shook hands with this man, his, his, even his fans who've never met him, you were just touched by his music. And it, to know that this happened to somebody who has a family, you're touched by his story. It affects you. It, it You find yourself having some type of anger over it. And, you know, and it's, it's truly understandable. But as the woman who had children with this man who lived with him day in and day out for the last 13 years of our relationship, yeah. who went through hell and back with him, who dealt with so much bullshit to keep this relationship together 
and for it to be stripped away from me unwillingly is what hurts the most because it's like I don't know what our potential would have been, you know. And yeah. to know that he was in, finally in his glow. He was finally where he wanted to be in life. He was months away from dropping the project that he, for the last 15 years that I've known him, this is all he fought for. This part right here was yeah. to finally release an official album after 20 mixtapes. He was finally where he wanted to be. And to rob him of that for some stupid-ass reason, because you killed him for some stupid reason. You didn't kill him for nothing that he did to you, because if anybody knew that man, he didn't do nothing to nobody. That's what everybody kept saying. He didn't do nothing to nobody. Shout-out to DJ K-Slay, because he was one of our one of our favorite guests yes. up on the show. He just did that interview. I think we were his last interview. He just did his last interview we, a it was couple a Wednesday. of days before. Wednesday night. He just at Shade 45 Street Super Radio between 8 to 12 a.m. I don't yep. know what time he came there. Yeah, He was literally our last in interview. And he was running <laughs> home like, let's hurry and put this closet up because I got an interview with K-Slay real quick and then I'm going to the studio. He had on a butt he had on a whole Bugs Bunny outfit from the Jordans. I remember that day like we was shopping all day for our house because we was redoing the house and he's like, I got to do this interview. I'm going to go to the studio. I'll be back. I'm like, all right, cool. I never watched that interview. I haven't watched never it? watched that interview. Why? It's something so airy about that interview that it's just, I just felt like he was in a place where I just felt like he felt negative energy around him. Like, it was something that he felt was not right. Like Everybody says that. In the comments. Yeah. Um, it's something special. Something so spooky about the way he was acting those last. He came there with everything was just French like, brother, I think. Zach. Yeah. He came there with Zach, and he wasn't there to promote himself. No. Um. At that time, he was pushing Zach, mm -hmm. and he just was there to support. And yeah. um. You're right. It is something airy about that footage because when we put everybody it out, mine was somewhere else. Everybody kept saying he was like in space, mm -hmm. like he wasn't necessarily yeah. present. But we're always yeah. happy. Like, I always say this when it comes to Street Super Radio mm -hmm. with DJ K. Yeah. Slay at Shade 45. It's like, we got, like, our top five mm -hmm. guests that's, like, families. Like, Papoose. Chinks was one. Mm -hmm. God bless him. Um, Mano. Mm -hmm. um, Uncle Murder. And the fifth one, I'm just going to leave hanging. <laughs> I'll come back to you later <laughs> with that one. But yeah. for the most part, those were the guys that was just continuously there mm -hmm. and supportive of the show. That when they came... I felt comfortable. Yeah, shout and out Case to Case Lake because he definitely had us up there when the album dropped, and I appreciated that. Yeah, of He's course. A, he has always showed him a lot of love, you know. And um, so, yeah, I, I still have never watched that interview in full. I've seen clips, obviously, that circulated through the internet. Yeah. But I could never watch it. But why? Because it wasn't the day. You know but it, was me, this his last interview? You know, is that you know why? what it is? I don't, it's hard for me to watch anything of him. And that like, was like the closest visually still, yeah, that you can see of him to, prior to his it's still departure. It's hard to listen to his music. Like, I get in my zone and I'll listen to it, you know, because I do re respect his grind and I do respect his talent. And, you know, I always supported him from day one, whether it was a mixtape or a show or his EP. I've always promoted him. I always, regardless if we was on good terms or not, I was mm -hmm. posting that. 
go get that right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm posting the videos. I did that. But now it's just so hard because you, you get emotional yeah. to hear his voice, to see an image of him and know that he's no longer here. It's hard. You know, it's bad enough I sit in a house full of pictures and he was cremated. So, you know, we have his urn in the house. And it's like to know that this is all we have left is yeah. just, it's hard. It's it's really hard, you know. And I, I just thank God that he was the person that he was. And he did leave behind the material that he left behind because it gives his kids something to be proud of. You know, it gives them something to brag about. You know, yes, my dad unfortunately was murdered when I was a child, but look at what he did, you know. They can always go back to that. They can always view the videos and the interviews and look at the pictures and know that he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. If that ain't their first example, then I don't know what is. Like, you know. Right. It's something to aspire to be. Your, your husband set the bar for your kids. My son doesn't remember a lot. He knows that's his dad. He knows who his dad was. He knows He doesn't his remember song. a lot? It's kind of vague at this point. You know what it is? It's just that he was gone so much in between time, the traveling and everything. So it was just like, you know, he might not remember conversations with him, but he remembers. Like, there's things he'll do, and I'll be like, if your dad was here, would you do that? He'd be like, no. Like, (laughs) because he would punish me and put me in my room, and he would be mad at me. So, like, he knows, you know. And like I said, he knows who his father is to the point where he ain't got no problem telling nobody who his dad is, what he did. He knows if he hears a song, he'd be like, that's my dad's song. Yeah. You know, and he has his little favorites, and it's just like, it's just so hard because it's just like, I, I just worry that it's going to affect him as he gets older, as he becomes a teenager, when he's looking for that father, it's just like, my father was murdered when I was four, like, you know, I don't remember much, but this is what I do know about him, and it's just like, I hope that doesn't And that become, Google button is crazy. Thank God for internet, you know. But I've tried to find ways to where I can, like, see I hate the internet. I'm not going to lie. Because they dictate what we I process. I hate the internet. So Social hear, media like, is the devil. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is the devil. Everybody thinks they know you. They think they know your life. They think they know what you do, where you came from, where you're going. So when you told him, <laughs> what was his initial response? Just to, just to get that out real Myself. quick. Yes. Mm. So... When I told, when I finally got home and I spoke to him, you know, the first thing, my son is very affectionate, very emotional, very loving. So the first thing he does is hug me. And he's like, uh, the angels took my dad. And, you know, that's how my family explained it to him. The daddy's, the, the angels came and got daddy. And, you know, so the family explained it before you yeah. had a chance to. Yeah. And at what time of the day was this? Um, I didn't get back home from 6 in the morning. I was at the hospital. I didn't get back home till 12. Got it. So by the time I got home, I had a house full of people there. Everybody was there. His family, my family, everybody was there. And it was just, you know, I I tell people all the time, I never really got a chance to mourn. I still haven't got a chance to mourn. There was no time to sit there. Even today, two years later. There was no time for me to be depressed and lock myself out away from the world and to soak in misery or in my feelings or my emotions because I felt like from day one I had to get to it. I had to get to it. There were, who else was going to do it? You know, who else was going to be dedicated to do it and make sure it got done right? You know, there was an album hanging on that was being comp- 
already completed. Every song was done. It was just a matter of mastering it and putting it out. That's it. It was done. Mm. His records was complete, you know, and we got that. Now we got everybody wanting to do interviews. We got to do interviews for the album. We got uh, Revolt wanted to do the documentary. We have all these different things being tossed at us, the news, you know. Shout out to Lisa Everts. She was on it from the gate, from day one, and she made it her business to make as bring this to the attention of people as much as possible. Like, she fought so hard to just bring awareness to the case, to try to get some type of answers, you know. And How is the case going? Um, the investigation, any leads? It's 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 definitely going well. I will say that for the last two years, I definitely keep in contact with the detectives on the case. Um, they constantly call me, and I appreciate that because they never made me feel like it was brushed under the rug, you know. And I I, I credit them for just being in contact with me and just letting me know whether they was or they wasn't they made it their business to make the family feel comforted as if something was happening, you know, as we're getting somewhere. And um, The world always faith. wanted to know, I like, why chinks mm-hmm. at the end of it all? Because, and like that, you said, and that's my, it was never know. no known beef. <laughs> no. Shout out to Biggie and Pac. Even though I don't, don't think they killed each other at all. I don't think that it was because of them two why those two were laid to rest. Mm-hmm. But hip-hop just always been proven to where things went to a fatal outcome it was always oh this person did this person did it mm-hmm. chinks was loved by many mm-hmm. he was and so when he unfortunately got shot down everybody was left baffled mm-hmm. confused why why this guy person. he yeah. was the good literally hashtag for him was the good guy he was the good guy mm-hmm. so the explanation for his death is still lingering. Mm-hmm. It's still like, why? It wasn't because of no natural causes. Mm-hmm. We could take mm-hmm. that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But exactly. to be, it was. It felt like, and you can let me know if you attest to it, it felt like an assassination. Oh, definitely. I mean, this was definitely something that somebody pride on for a while this wasn't no random act of violence this wasn't a wrong place wrong time this was a i want him out why i'm gonna get him why why and that's all we want to know i think that's all the world wants to know is why and for me it's just like i I pray for the day that i can possibly get that answer you know it's like i i was just talking about this not too long ago um and i i told someone you know i that's all i want i want that victory day to be able to look somebody in their face and just say why what what could be your logical explanation for what you did for the a beautiful person for 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 robbing this family of a loved one for taking a father away from his children fuck everybody else you took a father away from three kids that didn't deserve this who have to now grow up knowing that that can never be replaced. You know, it's it, there's, there's not a stepfather in the world that can bring back dad. That will always be their story. Yeah. So it's like, for what? What did they do to you? I mean, you know, what did he do to you that was that bad? And to be honest, I don't was think there any anything to prior, Just without saying too much, because yeah. let's just keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. But like like I said, when you, when you hear about certain deaths, mm-hmm. 
happening within the industry or within life. You always hear about, well, this person was beefing with such a, you need to mm-hmm. knock on that nigga, though, because he had an issue <laughs> with him. You know, yeah. like, come on, it's what the streets is. Mm-hmm. I've never heard about an issue with Chinks. Did he have any Mm-mm. beef, without saying a name, because yeah, we ain't here to, <laughs> come no. on. But, like, there was never any dark, dark cloud for what, and that's what me and Kay Slay struggled about. Mm-hmm. We never heard about wow. any dark cloud hanging over that man he was literally yeah. the good guy to us yeah. and Maybe. we in the industry so he what are we missing home. here why he, assassinate that yeah, man exactly he came home in 2008 yeah he died in 2015 for those years that he was home he has not been known to Mm-mm. get into a brawl with anybody he didn't violate anybody or their family he didn't yeah. owe anybody any money because that's one thing he wasn't taking nothing from you like that's one thing that. he didn't do that. like yeah. yeah this literally either has to stem from something personal that no one knows about that he because that was one thing about him too he's very secretive he's a very secretive person so if he got into any type of situation. It wasn't something that he was blabbing about. He wasn't going to a hundred niggas telling them the story. He wasn't making it a scene. He wasn't making it a big deal. He wasn't doing that. He was not doing that. He was a very low-key individual. So if there's anything that he knew about that, that that many don't know about, yeah, he he left a lot of people in the dark because there is nothing that even the niggas who hung out with him every single day, they're like, but we didn't have beef with nobody. Right. That man would walk in the club and walk out peacefully. He would he would show up on anybody's set and yeah. show love. Even if he did not care for you, he would shake your hand out of respect. Yeah. He ain't got to chill with you. He ain't got to yeah, ain't got to be personal friends with each other, but he always showed respect. He was never disrespectful to people in front of him. He so wasn't. It I'll, was just like he wasn't loud. He wasn't. He wasn't rowdy. My last two memorable uh, memorable moments of him was when he came to Shade Forty Five. He, um, like I said, he came with Zach, French brother, mm-hmm. and he kind of just played the back seat and let French. No, I'm sorry, let Zach, Zach mm-hmm. promote what he wanted to mm-hmm. promote at that time. I, I don't even remember. And um, if you look at the footage, because it's somewhere out there, he was just like looking through the magazine and just like mm-hmm. falling back. And I remember before he left, you know, I always get my Jazzy Bell TV drops. <laughs> and I always get a picture. I always go in the hallway, get my picture, and be a part of the drop. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing Chinks, and I was like, that's family. I'm going to see him when he come back. <laughs> like, I get yeah. it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the interviews overlap. Yeah. I get it when he come back. Mm-hmm. That opportunity will never come like about. And, and And that's what I need people to take away from this interview. Love appreciate, mm, be grateful, definitely. have gratitude, definitely. and just mm. oh, be aware mm-hmm. of the fact that we aren't promised the next yep. second. Fuck the next day. Yep. Everybody was like, we ain't promised tomorrow. You're not promised yep. the next one second yep. from right now to be alive. I say that. You if, know what I mean? If I didn't learn nothing else from this, I, I learned to enjoy your life. Yeah. Enjoy your life and always be aware. You know, I tell my male friends all the time, just because you don't know about a problem somebody got with you, don't mean they don't got a, you don't got a problem somewhere else. Yes. It's a lot of, it, there's a lot of people who look at you and sit there 
and they have a vendetta against you that you don't know about. That's life. You know, so always be aware. Always be on your P's and Q's. Be very wary of the activities going on around yeah. you and who you let into your private space because there's some, as we can, as this is a true testimony of, there's a lot of foul-ass people out there, and they don't care about you. Like, no. they don't care. And it's sad because people really don't have no regards for the families that they tear apart when they choose to make a move like this. They don't think about the families they are destroying, the kids they are destroying. They don't think about, you know, the effect that it has on the the people that's around this whole situation. You know, it's a very selfish act, and it's hard because it's there's no lot there's no explanation everybody loses Good man everybody the loses world. the person you killed yeah. lost and the fact that you did the yeah. the deed the terrible deed yeah. or whatever you want to call it and you're no going to go eventually and then your yeah. family is going to mourn and there's no coming back from it so you yeah. can't say sorry and then everything could just erase or yeah, and you know be crying in the courtroom and trying to fucking kill yourself like at the end of the day it wasn't that serious especially from a man that at this at that point nobody could can fathom and understand and co comprehend mm -hmm. why it happened. So, talk to me now. Now we at this point where it's life after chance, yes. and I hate saying it. I know. So talk to me about life after chinks. Where are you today? Um, just you know, trying to get my life back together. Pretty much picking up the pieces now. Trying to just build my own brand. Um, for me, I feel like you know, as a smart person who's always got to her own money. It's just like this man left a lane open. You know, he was he he left a lane open. And whether you want to face the facts or not, you got dragged. I got dragged into this lane once I had to take on his role of being him and you know doing his job and putting out albums and interviews and sitting in meetings with the labels and all yes. that. So it's just like because you came up to the radio station yes, with me and Kay right afterwards <laughs> to promote Welcome to yes, JFK. Exactly. Best you know. rap al album ever. Thank you. Ever since he came out Thank with it, I tell you, it's it hasn't been That's a rap great. album to come out that I could listen to from A to Zinc. I swear mm -hmm. to God. I swear to God. I'm not saying it because you're here. Because I said it when you got there. <laughs> yeah. It's seriously. Chinks yeah. was on to something. Mm -hmm. And if you're a fan of his, and I'm not going to sit up here and act like I was a fan from, like, Riot Squad. Yeah. This I'm from Detroit. I, I caught <laughs> on maybe a little bit later. <laughs> I didn't know about, like, mm -hmm. Riot Squad and then whole incarceration. Yeah. But once I started co-hosting with Kate Slay, him coming up to the uh -huh. show, um, and being a fan of, one, his personality, how cool he was, mm -hmm. and then Kate don't like everybody. <laughs> Everybody know that. So it was like he adored. He really mm -hmm. did. He adored K. And uh, and it was mutual. Yeah. And um when the album came out, man, I'm I'm a lover of hip hop. Lover, mm -hmm. lover, lover, lover. <laughs> Not just women. <laughs> but just I love this genre of music yeah. and Welcome to JFK is an album that I can honestly say you don't need to skip not one mm -hmm. record. Yeah. Not one record. Not one. That's a little bit of everything. Right it's here. so magnificent. It's so <laughs> dope. He was on to something. And um, that's what saddens me with all of this. But that's, once again, me speaking from a fan's perspective. And that's why I love this podcast, mm -hmm. Woman in Hip Hop, because you are the wife of this man. Mm -hmm. You bear his children. Yeah. You are his family. So I need to hear from your perspective. 
And to me, that's the most important perspective. So once again, I thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you. But definitely continue on with that. And, and when it comes to the support system, talk to me about, because I'm sure the people want to know, yeah. the the French Montanas, mm-hmm. the Diddy, the, yeah. you know, all the friends. Cause a lot of friends came out pouring with support, like Mano yeah. and Vado mm-hmm. and all these people. So just talk to me where you are with, with these particular guys yeah. right now or whoever would you say since his departure mm-hmm. in the physical form the support from yeah. these from these men or women or whatever well i definitely have a relationship still with french and zach great i definitely still talk to them um you know we try between their busy schedules and mine we do try to get our children together especially me and zach um you know i keep a tight relationship with his wife um, shout out to Chanel. She's she's dope. And we always try to get the kids together, birthday parties, holidays. Um, you know, it's funny because I've actually spoke to him the other day. We're trying to set up something to where we can have dinner with the kids and everything. And, you know, French calls from time to time, FaceTimes. You know, he checks to see how the kids are doing, calls for their birthday. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been... Like I said before, I, I, Self-sufficient. I, I yes, exactly. So I ain't looking for no handouts. You understand? Right. I ain't looking for nobody to take care of me. I ain't looking for nobody to do nothing. All I care about is the, 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 the support that, you know, to, to just, hey, how you doing? Just making sure you good, making sure everything's good, how to care. Who have you said been there for you doing that? So besides French and Zach, you know, I shout out to Mano and shout out to Vado because anything I've ever done for Jinx, they have been there. Good. Whether it was the release parties for the albums, whether it was promotion, whether it was we do the memorials, we try to, you know, it's so hard because he was an artist. So everything is club based, you know. That's where that's where the love comes from, like being in the clubs. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate it, but you gotta respect it because that's the life that he lived. Yeah. But they do come out. And they show so much love. And I, I get a lot from the fans. Like, shout out to Chinks fans. I can't thank them enough because without them, this wouldn't be possible. The selling the album, the selling the Yay brand, the clothing still. Like, they check constantly for what's new, what's going to come out, what's, what's going on. And... I love it because it keeps me focused because I know that I still have a mission because they still want this. They still want the music. They still look for the new releases on the clothes and they still want to be a part of everything. And, you know, they show me more support than anything. The They're fans. They're constantly hitting me up. The fans. Yes, they wow. let me know, you know, your story is so inspiring. And it's not just being the wife or the person who he had kids with because, you know, it's no secret that we went through hell and back in our relationship. Mm-hmm. But people respect the realness. They respect that I can say that. You know, I can say our shit wasn't peaches and cream, but I was there and I was going to be there to the end. Okay. Call me what you want, but I was there, and I wasn't going nowhere. Real quick, because mm-hmm. we're going to end up wrapping this up, but I do want to touch on a few things just so sure. the listeners can understand. When it comes to clearing up rumors, mm-hmm. now earlier you spoke about when y'all was together, because y'all been together okay. um, for the past 15 years. He ended up having a child as of recently mm-hmm. to another woman yeah. named Patricia. Yes. Ja. Mm-hmm. And um, just talk to me about that, because I'm... I, I'm told that you was aware about it prior to the public. Mm-hmm. As a woman, being a man's foundation, I think it goes 
people have this preconceived notion that because you are a wife, because you are a, a girlfriend, that what you accept, quote unquote, represents who you are as a mm-hmm. woman. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I want you to say in your own words, you were with this man mm-hmm. this whole time, correct? He ended up having a relationship with another woman where it bared a child. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, you guys were able to coexist. You were part of the baby shower. You are still part of this child's life, mm-hmm. I would assume, correct? Yeah. But let's fast forward back. Were you aware at the time when he got another woman pregnant during your marriage? No. And I'm going to clear this up because yes. people have the timeline. Timelines don't misconstrued. Yes. So it sounds so much worse than it actually is. Clear it up. You know, I am going to say that the relationship with him and this woman only lasted a couple months. You understand? Um, during this time, I did not know about her. I just suspected that he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing because of his behavior. Right. The acting funny, the not coming home, the disappearing, not answering his phone. You already know what time it is when a nigga start acting like that. Yeah. So, you know, as a woman, period, I don't care what position you play in his life. As a woman, you know the shit. You, you want to know something, you're going to figure it out. So, you know, I, I started to put two and two together. After realizing that, you know, him and this certain individual that he's following on Instagram, they posing pictures in the same... Same location, same day, same times. Oh, How did you I'm hear about her? This instant, listen, let me tell you something. How did you hear about investigating, her? Help me I out. Great no. at investigating. Not help me out. But I do. I would love to know, though. How did you um, hear about her? I didn't hear about her. That was the thing. I was very nosy. So when he had his Instagram, I would look to see. I knew his MO. I know how he moved. If he started following a woman, I know what he likes. I'm playing stalker. I'm stalking you now because I know before in any given day, y'all gonna either she either she gonna post a picture with him or they gonna post a picture in the same place. Now if I see she posting a picture and she in his studio, how the fuck she get there? I know what the studio look like, so that background will tell me everything. Is that what happened? No. What happened was I started following them, started started following him. Seeing what he was doing, noticing, like I said, that they were in the same place at the same time. When I was calling, he wasn't calling. So one day he's texting on the bed, and I could have sworn I seen the name Trish go across the screen. So now when I go through his followers and I see somebody named Trish, he's following her, just started following her. Now I'm putting two and two together. I'm, I'm watching. Long story short, he started acting up. Weeks are going by. I'm like, you know what? If you're dealing with somebody else... I'm not doing this. I'm not going to keep doing this with you. We, you know, you want to stay out? You know, that's a big-ass fight. We're not going to say and make it seem like it was no mutual conversation. No. You want to do what you want to do? You want to fuck other bitches? Stay out this house. Because this is what you're not going to do. Like, you're not going to do what you want to do outside and come back in here like everything is cool and expect me to play this position. He actually started to stay at the studio, which I guess that's where she was seeing him at. Long story short, I could say he started to act up in about April. Come November, towards the holidays, and I will never forget, it was right before Thanksgiving. He sat me down like, oh, I want to make it work. I don't want to do this with you anymore. I'm tired of hurting you. This is down the third. He denied ever being in any relationship with her, talking to her, any of that. But I know my nigga. I know what he did, and I knew when he lied, and I knew when he was full of shit. But at this, if he ain't going to confess to it, how much can you go off of what you think you've put together? So, whatever. 
we started talking, trying to figure things out. This was in November. Right. I didn't find out she was pregnant till April. He died in May. I didn't know she was pregnant till April. The next and month And I found out she was pregnant because watching her Instagram, I saw that she posted a picture of her stomach. And I'm like, wait. She looks about six, seven months pregnant already. If I do my math, I ain't that great at math, but I, I know how to count. Um, this would have been around exactly. Divide and multiply. Exactly. This would have been around the time. I always say it about math. Fuck an algebra. Fuck a, <laughs> exactly. a chemical, Fuck all that extra shit that you don't use in life. That's it. Add, subtract, divide, and multiply. And I'm just like, hold on. Right. That would have been around the time when you was acting a damn fool. Oh, my God. Okay, hold up. So I asked him. Yeah. Is she pregnant by you? He, what you talking about? This, that, and third? No, I don't even know she pregnant. You're bugging. Blah, blah, blah. You know how niggas do. They deny everything to the mm-hmm. bitter and they would take it to the grave. Mm-hmm. I wanted out reaching out to her myself. I told him, I'm going to ask you twice. You don't answer me. I'm going to ask him myself. His re- next reaction, let me know what I needed to know. What when did he, he came with the... I swear to God, you better not say nothing to her. You better not say nothing to that girl. Don't ask her shit. Oh, you scared now. Defending. Yeah. Here we go. Protecting, I would and say. And I had her up when he was in, I, I will never forget. I think he was in L.A. or he was in Philly. He was somewhere. And I had her up and I said, listen, what's up? Like, we need to talk. And when I tell you we talked for like eight hours and I needed all I needed to know. Eight hours? I what made her me- talk to you for eight hours? And this is the, the, let me tell you, this is why to this day I give her the certain level of respect that I give her. Because at the end of the day, I've always been a woman to know that a woman is going to do what your nigga allows her to do. That's one. You understand? She's going off of what this man is feeding her. She don't know me from a hole in a wall. She just knows he has a wife, baby mother, whatever he labeled me as, because she didn't know that we was married. But according to the story he was telling her, we wasn't together. Yeah. You understand? So you're going off of what he's dishing out to you. So she don't so think she's doing anything wrong. If he's able to sleep nights with you and all that, of course you're going to think, well, shit, he can't be married if he's spending the he night hit? with me. So, yeah. you know, but she don't know. The situation was going on at home. She don't know the argument and the pain that's going on because right. of her. You understand? Right. So right. that's why at the end of the day, I don't come down on her and try to beef with her and fight with her. I'm not doing none of that, first of right. all. That's too much energy out of me. But you got to understand that Chimman allowed this to happen. You understand? He was the one who should have had the respect and the boundaries in the relationship, not her. So once again, once we, I met up with her and sat down with her. And we had lunch together while she told me all I needed to know. Is this before or after his death? This is before. Was so he He was away. Aware? He, no. He was away for the weekend. He was calling me while I was sitting down with her, and I did not answer his phone. He call. didn't know. I waited till he came back. We laid in the bed, and I said, I have something to tell you. He said, what? I said, promise that you're not going to get mad. This isn't going to be an argument, and we're going to talk it out like grown adults, and we're going to figure out the next move. He's thinking I'm about to tell him something about me. Like, he looking at me. I'm fucking Tyrone yeah. up the block, fam. Because you ain't pissed. <laughs> he looking at me like. I can't. He's looking. He, I will never forget this shit. He's sitting on the bed with his arm crossed against his chest. And he I need another drink. He's Go like, ahead. what? He's like, say what you got to say. And I'm thinking to my head, like, I want it to sound like I'm fucking somebody else. I want him to think. I wish I had that luxury, (laughs) but I love you too much to even do that. I I wanted him to feel like that so that when I hit him with the bomb, it it fucked his head up. Because he's like, what? And I'm just like, I spoke to Trush. And he's like, 
I just see him go. Mm-hmm. Like you seen the Adam's apple jump. That's you that seen swallowing the tear. that pride. You seen throat. the tear roll down the eye, and I'm like, the tear went down. And he literally just, a he tear. He was just quiet. Nelly, Nelly, and I was like, say something. He was like, what you want me to say to you? He was like, what do I say? He said, what you want me to say? Sorry. He said, you can't apologize for some shit like that. He was like, there's nothing I can say to you. I fucked up. He was like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, I asked you, though. Why you couldn't tell me? Why I had to go to her and her tell me? He was like, how do I tell you some shit like that? He knows for 13 years the one thing I said to him was, you're best to never, ever fuck up. I used to warn him. You out here doing what you're doing, and as a man, a man can fuck a hundred women. But once you slip up, the ball game is out of your hand. It's no longer your decision. What that woman wants to do, she's going to do whether you want her to do it or not. And you're, if it ain't what you want, what you going to do? Right. And we just had to deal with it, you know. And we sat there and we talked about it. And I told him, I don't know where we go from here, but we're going to have to figure something out. Because what are we going to tell our kids? That's how you can't And one thing I told him, and, and this is what he always respected, and he told all his people he respected this shit, was the fact that, one, he expected me to go off the wall and be yelling and cursing. And, no. I was, I ain't never speak to this man as calm as I had spoke to him that night. And he was just like, you. he's like, wow, you've never talked to me like this. I said, listen, we grown. I've been in this shit for 13 years with you. I don't know if I'm ready to let it go for another woman and watch you raise a family somewhere else. So I ain't going to tell you it's over yet because I don't know what I want to do. But I know one thing. You better man up and you better man up now because a woman, if you think that they're not going to chase you for child support, if you think that you're about to abandon this child, it's not happening. I'm not, I'm not a, as a mother... Of three kids, I'm not allowing you to turn your back on your child. You created this. You got in this mess. You're going to take care of it, whether you want to or not. Because he had a whole different outlook on it. No, no, no. We're not doing that. What was his outlook? Every nigga outlook. I'm, he thought she was going to. I'm not doing that. I'm not. Fuck, fuck, uh, fuck this. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. That's he manned up. He said do. it was his. Because they weren't talking through her pregnancy. Wait, so, so so how he approached it, he was saying that he knew it was his, or was he trying to deny it? He knew. But he, he knew was trying to deny it? Him, and I think because he realized that he couldn't get her to do whatever he wanted her to do. Which was having abortion. Yeah, he tried to distance himself from the situation. Oh, wow. And, yeah. you know, they kept their space, and, and I spoke to her, and she let me know the same thing. Like, I haven't spoke to him since such and such date, and I'm going to just do what I got to do. And now my whole thing was, like I said, I he was brought it all together. With, yeah. You said, this is not we're not going to do. That's what you're not going to do. As a mother, as a person who got three kids, I refuse to watch you turn your back on an innocent baby. That baby didn't ask for his parents to make a dumbass decision. Yeah. He didn't ask to be here. He didn't ask to be caught up in this mess. You gonna do because we are at this time we already knew that she was having a boy. So we're like, you're gonna raise that boy because that's your son. And whether we wanna accept it or not, whether we happy about it or not, that little boy is a sibling of our kids. How it's, are we gonna do this? Now it's it's shown in the media that she had a baby shower after his yeah after death, his death. Yeah, you participated mm-hmm. in the baby shower. So at this okay. point, where are you and Patricia? Patricia? Is Patric- it because it's all Jay? Yeah, it's is it Patricia. pronounced Patricia? Yeah. But there's with a J in yeah. it. Okay, I just want to be respectful to um, yeah. Patricia. Um, you ladies coexist yeah. as 
Yeah, we at still this point, co-parents, yeah, I would say. Pretty much. I mean, and that was just my biggest thing. Like, that's all I care about. You know, I'm not here to argue with her. I'm not here to... My biggest thing was never to disrespect her position in his life because I don't know. And I'm not going to be the woman to sit there and say, you're a liar, you're a slide, you're a side, you're this, because I don't know what he fed her. Exactly. He could have told her he was in love. I he respect it. He, he could have wanted the world with her at one point. Mm. I don't know. I wasn't there. So right. I'm not going to downplay what she said they had. Right. All I know is now our baby shared the same story. Yes. And daddy's not here. Yes. And it's so unfortunate that he would never have that chance to meet his father. Yes. And that's what I, that, that that's the part that hurts me. And her son's name is Liam. Liam. And your son's name is, Lana. is Lionel, which is Chink's name. So yeah. he's a junior. Yeah. Um, and yes, for the record, I knew I was going to her baby shower before he even passed away. <laughs> exactly. And yes. that's why I asked that question. So you guys were aware of this, obviously, we like she said, before, her, yes. before his passing. Yes. So, one, I just want to say I commend you. Thank you. Um, shout out to the other woman, Patricia. I commend yes. her as well. Yeah, I do too, because she could have made it very difficult for me. If she was a different type of woman, we it, it could have been really ratchet. It could have been an ongoing problem. And but it wasn't. She, and it's not. And she's very respectful. And when I told her what it was and the fact that during their relationship, we were still living in the same house. We were still, in, she respected it. And she kept her distance from him. And she respected that space to even when he called her just to check up on her, she called me immediately. And told me, Lionel just called me and asked me how I was doing, just letting you know. So we were getting a mutual understanding. Like, listen, I'm not trying to destroy your marriage. Right. I just thought this. She didn't know nothing yeah, about I you was being married. This, I was she didn't this. even know he was married. Can she, we she say knew. that? She knew. She, he, he told her she, he was married, but that we wasn't together. So she was under the impression that okay, they're not together. He just takes care of his kids. Okay, what am I doing wrong then? Fast you forward know? two years later after his death. Yes. You ladies still coexist mm-hmm. as Yeah. She co-parents. was just over my house not too long ago. She came to pick up some um, Christmas gifts for the baby. And that's all I want to do. So you I ladies. Y- 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 y'all still. Yeah. How often do the kids come together? Um, It's not too often, you know, because she lives out in Jersey. I'm in Queens. Okay. So we okay. do have different time schedules and everything. But, my, you know, as time goes on, you know, he's still a baby. He's only believe he's going to be two soon. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, as he does get older and he can interact with them more, I do want to have more get-together, especially with Nugget. Nugget loves him. How old is Lionel at this point, him. little Nugget? Nugget, he's six now, and okay. he loves him. He loves the fact that he has a little brother. So right. I have. So to they're four that. years apart? Mm, they're roughly, no, five. Five, okay. Yeah, five, because... Uh, Lana will be, uh, he's going to be seven. I have to address this just for the people that's listening and watching. Sure. The Malika girl. Oh, God. Chloe's best friend. <laughs> I have to because of the big platform that she oh has being Chloe Kardashian's yes. best friend. And a lot of people, when his passing, yes. thought via television. I'm so that happy you're giving me this outlet. <laughs> you're so Let welcome. Let me clear up. Please clear it up. All right. Everybody tried to go crazy at me like, oh, you're coming at me. Let me tell you, this is the first of all, I never came at that girl because I don't know her from a hole in the wall. It was never to disrespect her at all when I posted what I posted online. I posted what I posted because when it came out on the blog, they labeled her as a girlfriend. I simply said, this is not his girlfriend. He's a married man. And she wasn't his girlfriend. She was a girl who was around because French was dealing with Chloe. She was Chloe's psychic. 
Chanks is hanging out with French, and that's how that whole story came about. Let me tell you, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to break this all the way down for the public and for everybody. My husband came to me and mm-hmm. said, I've been presented with an opportunity to do a show with the Kardashians. But on the show, they want me to act like her man. Okay? His exact words to me was, they going to cut that check. We're going to get a bag from this. It's fake. It's not real. And this is what it is. When we get this bag, we're going to go buy a house in Jersey, and we're going to do what we got to do. Yeah. I'm going to use it for the exposure, and that's what it is. Now, when he first told me about it, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm. Did you not just, did you really just ask me this? I mean, it was to the point where I was like, I can't do this. To where now I'm getting Rolexes, I'm getting furs, I'm getting all this because it's like, you you my woman, and you going to understand what I got to do to get this bag. And it was just like, nah, I can't, how you going to explain this to your kids? Fuck me. You got kids. They shouldn't have to defend your actions when their friends and shit is calling them up like, wait. Your dad is on TV. Like, it happened with the Erica Mena situation. When that story came out in the blogs, my daughter's phones was ringing down. Your dad messed with Erica Mena? They know her as a loving hip-hop girl. It's so crazy because I actually supported her with her books and shit. So when that story came out, I went off. Like, hold the fuck up. What? You went off on him. Like, this is when he was still alive. No. Yeah. He was still alive. Yeah. So there's truth to Erica Mena and yeah, Chinks being together. Yeah, that's true. And because I didn't after know about his it. De- but after his death, she came into yeah. your defense yeah. and said respect the wife. Yeah. So you found out after those comments, basically. Um, I knew before that. You it, knew there before. There were things I knew before that. So that's why when I wrote my comment. On social media, because I wrote it on my Facebook page, and it went wildfire on the blog. What did you say? When I said... Because I, I didn't see When it. I said, Malika is not his girlfriend. Right. Cut that bullshit. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about a Malika. I don't care about an Erica Mena. And I don't care about no other female. If y'all want to gossip and y'all want to tell me something, tell me who killed my husband. That's what y'all need to tell me. Because all this gossiping about who he slept with is no relevancy to me at this moment. Y'all want to talk about something? Let's talk about solving this case, because that's what I care about. And I wrote this, like, the day or, the day, like, two days after everything happened. I ain't here for the gossip. I don't care. I know my man wasn't shit, so y'all not telling me nothing I don't know. I know what I dealt You've with. You've known him since you were 15. I know what I dealt with. Mm-hmm. I know what, I was, what we was going through at home. I ain't got to discuss that with y'all and why I stayed and why I did this or why. That's nobody's business. That's my story, and that's it. I ain't got to explain myself or prove anything. I know what it was. But the Malika situation, like I said, whether he presented it to her as something Have you spoken to her? No. We don't have anything to talk about. Because at the end of the day, I've spoken have to people that Have she reached out to you? No. Have she tried? No. I don't even think I would talk to her because to me, it's, like I said, if he presented it to her as if it was more, then that's just what it is. I know from what I my, with my, my man told me before he passed away what, what it was yeah. as far as it wasn't what it was going to be presented to look like. Yeah. And I know from the people that was around them yeah. who told me that's not what it was. Yeah. Before he even passed away, they was on the phone with me like, that's not what it's going to look like. We know what it's supposed to look like for TV. You know what you signed up for. Yeah. So 
after his passing, mm-hmm. and she came out with the post saying condolences, mm-hmm. I love you, and all that. Mm-hmm. Talk to me where you were at mentally and um, emotionally. You know, for me, it was, it was more so for me. It was just hard because it's like to deal with that public humiliation, yeah, and not be prepared for it. It was, it was hard. I found myself constantly arguing with people on social media who thought they can tell me about my life. You know, I heard it all from the, oh, you was just with him for the money, you dumb, you this, you... Wow. I, I heard it all. I got it, the backlash from all around the board, and it's just like, how dare you? Like, you don't know me from a hole in the wall. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know why I stayed, why I do what I do. Like, you don't know what this man was telling me. Like, don't ever think for one second that a woman just stays with a man behind his bullshit and his infidelities, and he ain't promising her the world. Yeah. She did because she's he's promising her something. Yeah. This something that he's giving her that's making her stay you understand so it was just like y'all don't know my shit like don't don't get it confused because y'all see a couple of posts on instagram and y'all see a couple of stories in the blogs that y'all know what my last 13 years was like y'all don't know trust me y'all don't have the slightest idea i can go on and on and on ain't enough time in an interview for me to talk about my 13 years that i've been with that man and that's why at the end of the day i sit on my high horse and i sit here and 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 i walk this walk with pride because at the end of the day, there's so many who could have never done what I've done. These women out here wouldn't know how to carry themselves after this man's death. Yeah, he was the breadwinner, but I always got to my own back. I was always getting my own money. I held my family down. When that man was gone for three and a half years, I made it happen. I was the reason he came home to his first apartment. He had his first car. I did that. Nobody else did that for him. So at the end of the day, nobody can't tell me nothing. I, I always carried the torch, and I'm going to continue to do that. So when I hear people say shit like, oh, you're using his name for attention. and you're Why using- would anybody say that? Because they ignorant. Oh, you trying to get fame off of his name. and I am his name. Like, I am him. You're his wife. We was a unit. We was a foundation. Anything he's a part of, I'm a part of. Like, Talk to silly. me about... Thank you for clearing everything up because I feel like we touched on everything. But talk to me about what's next for Janelli, a.k.a. Nelly. What's next for you? What's next for you, man, at a this lot. point? It's a lot. You know, it's so funny because before you walked in, I was just talking to your engineer about um, starting a podcast. Because so many women look out. They 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 reach out to me for support and <laughs> advice. And, you know, I've been through it all. I've Listen, I'm so, like, dancing. If y'all watching the footage, y'all know that I'm, like, damn, they're twerking and jerking. Because whatever you need to, this is still new I, to me, so it's still a process for me. But whatever advice, whatever direction you need, mm-hmm. I, will, I will take you there. Because I, you do have a platform. You do have a story to tell. And... Ugh, it's so much so like let me know you. if you need anything just yeah, just call me man <laughs> call me call me call me call me call me call me and one more women need to support each other but yeah. um you definitely talk to me more about yeah. what you told my engineer preach <laughs> yes yeah, so about just, you know, your aspirations him. in the podcast <laughs> business that i'm still new to i know but talk to me <laughs> I was just asking him, you know, how do you get it started? Because, you know, I ask so many people, and it's just like, if they never done it, how can they explain it to you, you know? You need to talk to somebody who's doing it and yeah. who's lived it so they can be like, well, this is yeah. how you go about it. Because I know it's harder than what it looks, yeah. you know? It's not easy to just, yeah, you can get behind a mic and talk shit, but if the people not tuned in, you ain't going nowhere, you know? 
So I'm just um just just trying to figure it all out. I'm in business school, so I'm trying to sit here and get that finished. Right. Um, I started business school, so I just want to educate myself because I know you don't need no damn degree to open up no business. You don't. You want to educate yourself. Exactly. Because when you don't know nothing, that's when you got to bring everybody in. Yeah. Yeah. That's just more pockets to feed when you need more people in on your business putting it all together for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm definitely trying to educate myself, and I have a couple of things going. We have the Lionel Pickens Foundation. That was my next question. Yes. If you had a foundation That's for um, Chinks, talk so to me about that. that. I, I plan to really, in the end, I want it to be big. I want it to be one that does... That is it's able to help families that suffered the same loss we suffered. That it's able to, you know, help maybe a single-parent household who lost a loved one due to gun violence like Senseless I have. Senseless violence. So, yeah. you know, you got kids out there that, that, that lost that. And maybe they're not as fortunate as I am to be able to still survive incomely. So it's like maybe you can help with bringing gifts for Christmas or yes. paying a college tuition yes. or something for a child. It's hard. It's hard when you have to do it by yourself. Who's giving you the kids. biggest support out of everybody after Ching's death? His manager. I'm sorry. Really? His that you came up with? At, yes. Um, who's, yes. who's married? Is he married to... To um, Michelle. Yes. yes. Shout out to I follow Doug, both. a.k.a. Biggs. Yes. Shout out my one more time. Sorry. Shout out to Doug's, a.k.a. Biggs. He is my major, major support system. He is the one... Running down on these labels when he had to get these he's albums dope. out. He's dope. He's the one who put all the videos together. He's the one who sits here and helped me put the foundation together. He's the one who, even on a personal level, we go to each other's house. We have dinners with each other. We just was on vacation in Barbados together. <laughs> nice. They, they took, shout out to them for taking me with their whole little crew to Barbados. That was an <laughs> nice. amazing experience. But he's been so dope, like so dope. Like the relationship that he's built with me and my family over these la- this last year and a half, I couldn't be more helpful because he's one of the only who have been as close as he is like nobody's as close as he is to the family i mean that's a constant checking up hey kids they can call him for anything in the world he's just dope shout out to him they bought me my truck for christmas they They pulled up with the big red bowl in my driveway what truck is that i just cried what we got a range what we got (laughs) escalator i wish what we got what we got what we got no 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 we gotta talk about it if no one's talking about the fact that anybody is doing a great gesture fully loaded no i love it i love them though him and chris is amazing Thank you for saying that, and shout out to both of them. All right, I'm going to end this um, yes. with my last maybe two questions. <laughs> um, if you want mm-hmm. to clear up the biggest misconception about Nelly, okay. you, what's the biggest misconception about you that you want the people to know that's false? Because um, it's about you, know, you today. Like I said before, just the whole that, you know, I'm trying to use his death as a key to fame I, I need the people to stop that like that's the most ridiculous thing I could ever hear like I would give everything back for him you understand yeah. it ain't nothing in the world that could replace him and me doing what I do in this platform that I have isn't trying to gain fame it's trying to live on a legacy that I feel like is so important to make sure it survives 
You understand? My whole goal is to make sure that 20 years from now, just like Big and Pop, you can say, oh, our chinks was dope. Yeah. And his records are still being played on the radio. And there's yeah. another documentary and maybe a movie out now about him because he was just that dope. And he does have a story. And he he put in that work. You understand? And I just feel like for me and my kids, that's that's the most important thing to me. So it's never about fame. Because if I wanted fame, my ass have been sitting on Love and Hip Hop a year and a half ago. I don't want to really allow them to take me out of character because yeah. the image that I'm going for myself is so far different. Far beyond. I, I want to be on a bigger platform so that I help people. You understand? Who Would you do reality TV if it makes sense? Oh, yes. You know, I spoke to you about this the last I time know, I we sat spoke. with you. We spoke. And I will we definitely spoke. do reality if it's for a good reason. If it brings more positivity to a family's TV than negative. Yes, Real quick, what would you like to say if Chinks was here today to him? Because we believe in angels. Mm -hmm. We believe in that. And a lot of the dearly departed, like myself, mm -hmm. like my grandmother, my grandfather, those are my angels to me. Mm -hmm. Would you consider Chinks an angel for you? Definitely. So you speak to your angels, correct? Definitely. What do you say to him? What do you say to your angel, Chinks? Lionel. Speaking as if he's existing or just speaking as if I can have one chance to talk to him? One chance saying. to talk to him, what would you say? You know, um, I just always, I, I wish I had told him more that he was great. Um, you know, I've always believed in what he could do. And I wish I had the opportunity to just give him more of that support, that verbal support. Like, you got this. You could do it. I believe in you. Um, I always knew he was a star. And I wish I could be around to watch him in his glory while everything that he dreamed of came together, you know. And I speak to him. I do. I speak to him in my head. I speak to him in my home. And, you know, I, I constantly remind him. I see him in my dreams that I love him. And that I'm, I'm going to always hold it down regardless. Um, it's, it's nothing going to stop me from that. And I'm going to make sure that the people remember him and that we live and his legacy lives on and his kids will always be great. And we, we will remember him. We would definitely remember him, and I will not let that go unseen. And we will get this case solved. That's my biggest mission. We will get closure. We will Believe get closure. That. We will get closure. There's no stopping. All right. So y'all heard it here first. Um, I'm going to end this like I do with all the guests that come on my show. If you can, yes. if you can, give me one word to describe where you are in life right now. Not a phrase, not a sentence, but one word to describe the state that you're in right now. Blessed. Blessed. I love that. Jazzy Bell, <laughs> Woman in Hip Hop Podcast with your girl Janelle Perkins. Love you. Did I do Pickens. it? Pekins. God, I'm, I'm so fucked up with that name. <laughs> this is your girl Jazzy Bell. Check it out. We out of here. Bye. Deuces. <laughs> that was so dope. <laughs>